0: of the first generation, children of the brave souls that came over from East African nations, making the most of what we got, despite all that we're facing, get that education, we me that information, yeah. okay yeah. this is the podcast, in case you ain't know, so drop what you're doing and tune into the show, You need to tune into the show, need to tune into the show, Hello, Injergat listeners. Hi. Welcome back yes. to us. Welcome
1: back to everybody. This is Nidhi.
0: Uh, this is Metty.
1: I've low-key forgotten the name of our podcast and just, you know, our overall content. I goals, think it had something everything. to do with
0: food. Okay, yeah. Same yeah. year.
1: Same here. <laughs> Welcome back, friend. Hi. Welcome back to the new season of Injergat, and we're only going to say a new season just because we haven't recorded in a year.
0: We're saying new season because we're in new seasons of life yeah that's
1: i like that yeah like it's that. it has
0: a deeper meaning you know yes yeah
1: <laughs> have you been friend are you still going by Meti in 2020
0: i'm going by Meti in 2020 it's exciting um, i used to use my full name now it's just shortened yes you know i feel like that just this speaks a lot about life you know you start with this big, big hopes, big names, and then just kind of <laughs> cut down, you know, <laughs> okay, to your nicknames. Yeah. Smaller dreams.
1: I love it. It's downsize. I it. And I think 2020 might be the year that I finally
0: start calling you Mati. Wow. I know. That means a lot.
1: Okay, JJ, should we get started? Oh, wow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Old habits die hard. I will forgive that. How have I you know. been, friend?
1: I've been good. I've been good. You know, I really want to start off by thinking. Our listeners, huge thank you. I mean, I've often joked, but also Loki seriously believed that we didn't really have that many. But um, over the past few months, I've actually been quite humbled by a few instances that I, I mentioned to you. One when when I was back home, somebody told me that they listened, and I was like, "Why?" But I was really happy.
0: <laughs> wow, so much. I treat. mean,
1: after I you know after I said why, I was very happy. And then another one was was recently. When somebody tweeted um, asking for a list of recommendations and somebody who, you know, she doesn't follow me or you, she mentioned a jargon and I teared up. I was like, our baby podcast is being listened to by more than five people. Uh, But no, thank you. I mean, we... We never did this for the numbers. It was because we felt like there was a need and um, the subject hadn't really been touched up on. And the fact that people have listened um, is so important to us. And I was actually checking our SoundCloud numbers and we have close to 4,000 listens overall. So that's like over 500 listens per episode. I mean, it could be us just like listening, but I think that's just a couple hundred. I think the rest (laughs) are other people. (laughs) So... We, I just want to say we're very thankful, and we often joke, but, you know, we understand that we haven't been around for a while, but it's definitely something that we're going to commit to, and we're going to come up with new episodes. But I just wanted to, um, you know, ha- take that moment to really say thank you because I was definitely humbled by it.
0: Definitely. I'm on the same boat with you, and I apologize to those who we've emotionally victimized for <laughs> uh, not showing up. For a long period of time. yeah. Um, but hopefully that gives you time to sort of reflect and come back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think our um, episode today will give us an opportunity to touch on that as well. But I mean, it's also different things that happen in life that cause us to realign our priorities. I mean, we just didn't really have a whole lot of instances to record last year and similar to the year before last. So I think... It, it's a good, you know, where it's in a new decade. It's 2020. Is 2020 the new decade or is it 2021?
0: 2020 is the new decade. Okay. I've had this okay. conversation extensively in December.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah. That's that's good for for my reference. <laughs> but um, I think, you know, whenever a new year, or a new decade in this case comes along, it always it makes you pause and think about all the things that you want to take stock of in your life. And I know us doing this podcast is is definitely um, one of them that I, I, um, you know, want to give more time to, but anyways, gratitude to the listeners and, you know, follow us on social media. I don't remember our social media handles, but I'm sure they have not changed. Shout well out to forgot said. password. <laughs> we we'll hit you up podcast. a few times. <laughs> um, so, for today, you know, uh, being in line with um, the theme of the new year, 2020, um, debriefing on the previous year, we're going to talk a little bit about um, this term that we call pivot point or a turning point. And a pivot point has, you know, it's, it's one of those catchphrases, but it essentially means different moments in your life, the moment of truth where You make a decision that changes the course of your direction Um, it's so I was reading an article about it uh, a couple of days ago and I liked how it um, defined pivot as just a fundamental change in strategy that could be business strategy life strategy um, and these are emotionally charged moments for the most part, these are moments that you have very little control of. Sometimes they happen to you. Sometimes you make them happen, but they essentially end up changing the course of your life for hopefully the, the better. Um, but I wanted to, you know, pose this question to you, you know, if I were to ask you, and again, you know, keeping in mind that it's, it's a new year, it's a new decade. Um, what decision would you say you've made, um, that, has made the biggest impact in your life in terms of changing the course of you know you you were starting on a path and then something happened and then you completely had to redirect. But and it's an interesting question um, for or in the context of international students, right? Because for us usually the biggest decision is the fact that we made this journey, right? And any other big decisions that have come after sort of have that underlying decision embedded within them. And um, so I know that our, our answers tend to be in line with kind of oh, li- leaving the country and li- living here or making a decision to move back or so on and so forth. But I know I've definitely been thinking about it a lot just because for me I felt like 2019 was A lot of pivot points for me. And I feel like knowing you, I think the year before that, or 2017 was the year, a lot of pivot points for you. But what would you say? Have you had any pivot points recently? Or what would you say was your biggest pivot point to date?
0: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head on that. Um, For me, the pivot point was definitely 2017, where um, I started feeling kind of uneasy about where I was sitting in life because, you know, we had just graduated college a couple of years back. We were working like I was working. I was making money. It was nice to have a steady stream of income. Um, I was doing what I wanted to do. I had my hobbies, but life just felt stagnant. And I had this like calling deep down being like, okay, it's t- it's time for the next step. It's time for the next step. Whether it be like, think about finding a new job because I kind of felt like I hit a learning curve, sort of like, um, what do you call it? A plateau. Mm-hmm you can call it at work. Um, And I just I felt the need to just move on to something new. I just did not know what that something new was. Um, And I towards sort of midway into 2017, I'd gotten a promotion and then realized having worked at a startup that wasn't that big and didn't have many opportunities that I can Go on exploring. Um, I had to make a decision what my next step was going to be, um, and I'd made a, a decision. Finally, got sort of cornered into. And the beauty of, and this is where the beauty of being an international student comes in. Um, I didn't have the luxury of time. Like I didn't have the luxury of looking into my future and saying like, oh, maybe in two years I'll switch over to this new job, yeah. or maybe in two years I'll, pry, I'll apply for a business school. I didn't have that luxury. It was it was right then and there or. Or I wouldn't know when after that mm-hmm. uh, because it was impossible to tell if I'll be home or if I'll, you know, as we always say on this podcast in Dubai, married to an oil tycoon. Goals. So, yeah, definitely goals. Um, so I had to make that sort of executive decision of saying, OK, I'm going to do this now uh, because it just I've I know I want to go to business school. I did not know when uh, because I I'm cornered into it and I'm feeling like the stagnation part of my life. I'm just going to go ahead and apply for business schools now. Um, at the time, I didn't know if I was going to get in, but it it kind of it started the the gears of thinking about, where I wanted to go afterwards, I know I wanted to switch over to industries. I that that decision to be like, I'm going to apply to business school was also a point to be like, okay, then what else is out there in the world for me? Like, am I just stuck to this this healthcare industry because now I've been in it for two years? Um, I'm still young. I can you know pick up a new skill. I had a cousin that just picked up computer science when she was 27, did a boot camp, and now she works for a tech company. Um, So I knew I had time on my side, um, which is the beauty of, of being in that early twenties, sort of like mid twenties time range. Um, always recognizing that there's time on our sides. Maybe at the time it didn't, it didn't like, it doesn't quite feel like it when you're there, kind of, you tend to box yourself in. Um, but doing that research into like what other opportunities out there really opened up my world. Um, so that making that that decision to say, okay, this is it, I'm going to make this final decision. Um, now looking back at it made me appreciate the fact that I was an international student because there is that fire under my ass called visa Mm -hmm. that kept me going and figuring out my next best thing to do. Um, I think that's the most important decision i would made to date. And I hope it's the right one. We'll find out.
1: No, I mean, I think it is. And 2020 is the year of a lot of milestones for you, right? You are graduating, you're about to start a new job. So everything I feel like you did in 2017 as the result of your pivot points they brought you closer to your goals or your ultimate i think dreams or passions because a lot of times i think we tend to think of pivot points as steering you away for the the bigger vision bigger goal but i think sometimes they kind of bring bring you a little bit closer because we think we're our day-to-day lives like everything is ingrained in what we do like our passion is ingrained in everything that we touch but that's not really the case I think most times we get into a habit we get into a routine and it's status quo kind of like moving on auto and then something happens and like you said it lights a fire under you and you have to really ask yourself wait a minute like what do I want what do um, I want to be, um, what gives me passion, what excites me. And those are all very important questions to ask, and I don't think we do a good job of asking them. And I liked how you touched upon um, the, you know, again, the different dynamic that's at play when it comes to international students, because we don't have that luxury. I, It always breaks my heart when I interact, to, interact with um, seniors graduating seniors who it seems like they're rushing they're rushing and they're asking for advice they're asking for pointers and I'm trying to advise them to just like pause and take their time and they say I have my OPT and I have my H-1B and I have to figure out my visa status and and all of that and and I remember being on the same boat and you know for For me, um, 2019 was a a year of many, many pivot points. Um, It was um, a year of many pauses for me. Um, And it's interesting. I I think I learned so much about um, the power of attraction and the power of manifestation because you know that I've been somebody who's been saying for the longest time that my life was a routine and everything felt stagnant and everything felt the same and I was looking for a change and boy oh boy did I get it and obviously it didn't initially come in the way that I would have liked or hoped for but it still happened and it's funny because I um I do these weird things as you know where I like write letters to myself like future iterations of myself and and people it's it's really stupid I need to get out more <laughs> but um <laughs> I, I was finding letters that I had written to myself um maybe like a couple years ago where I was telling myself like I need a change like something needs to be different I am not passionate I'm not excited like every Sunday afternoon I'd get a little anxious and that was just my body telling me like no like because we think work I, I'm a firm believer that work is only a portion of my life um you know if you look at your life as a pie chart I would give I would traditionally give my job like less than 40 percent. i'd be like but, i
0: hope your current employer is not.
1: and no, i please hey fake <laughs> <laughs> news if my employer is tuning in i <laughs> but not even in terms of um uh, anything else but my energy like my job is something that i do it's not my life it's it's a very small part of my life but then your job is where you spend nine, ten hours of your day, five days a week. That's a long time, um, and I didn't realize—I um, didn't realize just how big of a portion it was in terms of my energy, not just my time. I used to think those two things were very, very different. Um, so. It a lot happened uh, last year, and it really did teach me a lot. But I would I would say one pivot point that I still really think about um, it was, you know, I had gotten an offer from like my current employer, and I'd already made the decision to leave my my previous employer, and you know, we were on a, a three way conference call with uh, with lawyers and. And h r people from like my, my my current or I guess at the time my um, um, hiring employer, where they told me that it would be a risk for me to leave, um, they said it's fifty fifty it 's literally a shot in the dark. We could be starting something that compromises your entire visa status um, in this country and it's funny, like there are certain things that you think should feel more or way more than they did because i I remember listening to that and thinking this should make me nauseous right now because I'm essentially starting a process that could end up with me like packing up my life and and moving back. Um, But it, it didn't, it didn't really feel heavy. It felt, there was definitely that internal struggle of like, okay, what happened? This is huge. I'm essentially transforming my life. What did I do? And, you know, I had that option of like, taking the safer route of just like staying where I was and and um seeing how things went and but now looking back I would say that that was one of the greatest moments of my life to be honest with you because it really did give me an opportunity to look at the mirror and ask myself some tough questions because I felt like I had lived my life for the last at least five years out after college on a on a year-by-year basis I would tell myself You know what? I'm working. I kind of like my job. It's fine for now. I'll give it another year. I'll give it another year, and it became five years. And I was like, "Okay, Sanofi, like, what do you want to do with your life? Is staying here the end-all, be-all? And for me, you know, that was never the case for me. And it's funny. I called. the, uh, one of the recruiting, um, folks at my new employer and, you know, they were also concerned. They were saying, Hey, like completely understand if you change your mind. But I said something that was, that was so powerful to me. I didn't even realize in that moment because I said it and I was like, this describes how I wanted to approach my life here. I just never put it into words, but I said to her, um, I am not working to stay in this country. I'm in this country because of my job. And That might not be the case for everybody. Um, That's why it's so important to ask yourself that question because the answer could be very different. And then once I said that, I felt so much lighter because I was like, if this works out, great. But if it doesn't, I can pivot because it wouldn't be taking me away. It wouldn't be taking me away from my end all be all. Um, So what a moment honestly because i I look back at it and i think it was it was the randomest of things and i mean it it could have been the scariest of things because i essentially you know as you know i bought a one-way ticket i went back home for almost four months (laughs) so when i say 2019 was a year many pauses for me it was a year many many pauses but all in honestly the, the best ways um and I, I took a break, um, because, you know, they had to figure out my, my visa stuff. And at the end, you know, everything ended up working out and I was able to return. But what, while I was away, it was good time for me to reaffirm my, my interests, my passions, my priorities in life. And, um, people most people were not supportive you know including my family um when I went back they were looking at me like I was crazy they were like what what did you do did you like throw away essentially your whole future like you bought a one-way ticket you don't know where you're going to be a month or, or so later what are you doing and I heard that from a lot of people but but for me i was so at peace and you know me i'm such an overthinker but that has to be the least that i've the least that i've actually thought about anything and it was so important it, and it was something that actually required a little bit of thinking but i was so at peace because i felt like that that pivot um really helped me understand who i am as a person and what my priorities are so now I no longer make decisions based off of fears because I felt like for the last five years I stayed somewhere that I didn't necessarily want to stay because of my visa status, because it was tied to my H-1B, but it took it almost falling apart for me to realize I actually don't care about it. I'm one of those people that for me, going back, it's not plan B and again it took it's not the case for everyone international students were we don't all fit in the same box there are, i know many of my friends are going through a similar process but they want a very different outcome where they feel like this is home and this is where they want to stay so i think one thing that i i i wanted to um emphasize through my experience is that you know like you said sometimes we feel like we don't have that luxury just because our stay in this country is tied to so many things that are temporary, so many things that are sensitive, so many things that depend on the political climate, your employer, the, the resources that you have around you, but it's, it's still so important for us to, to pause even if the immigration system, even if this country doesn't give us that time, it's so important for us to give ourselves that time. It's okay for you to take a breather. I know a lot of people are sending me messages on Instagram saying, fam, like what are you doing with your life? You've been away and gone. What? And, and you know what's crazy? Um, this time, this was like the longest that I haven't worked. I essentially didn't work for five months and I know it sounds nerve-wracking for a lot of people but it was incredible it was incredible for everything except my bank account so yeah i definitely don't recommend it financially it's not
0: not the best also don't recommend grad school for that exact reason but yeah 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 it's funny
1: (laughs) a lot of things cost money they do that's one thing you've learned as an adult it's like really everything
0: everything everything,
1: even comcast be our shitty service.
0: Comcast Uh, costs the most Netflix all the way. I know, right? I don't think Comcast is going to be a sponsor
1: of Injunka anytime soon. (laughs) Not anytime soon, But uh, you know that time off, it gave me time to do things that I've been longing to do but I've never done. I've had this one, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but there's been this one thing that's been on my bucket list for years, and that was going to Lalibela. Going to Lalibela has been something that I wanted to do ever since I was a little kid. And
0: describe to our listeners what Lalibela is. Oh,
1: right, 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 right. It's not all of our listeners from Ethiopia. But um, Lalibela is a small um, town in northern Ethiopia, and it's one of the World Heritage Sites. There are 11 uh, or 12 Churches that have essentially been um, crafted from rock, Um, so they're underground, and it was the most magical experience of my life. I mean, I had heard a lot about it, and it's a World Heritage Site. So when a lot of people meet me and hear that I'm from Ethiopia, one of the first things they would say is like, "Oh my God, I've been to Lalibela," and so you know, this gave me the time, um, and I made the trip, and it was incredible. I made the trip with our friend Fitzy. Shout out to Fitzy. <laughs> we had we had such a great time, and I just remember thinking, "Wow, had it not been for this pivot, I would have never, I would have never done this thing that I had been longing to do for most of my life." So I think, really, the big thing that I I also wanted to stress, in addition to obviously the note I I just said about. Um, international students and us really needing to be that that resource for ourselves because we're not always going to get the support that we need. We're not always going to get the institutions that we we need. We kind of have to create them for ourselves and if they're not there I think we really have to find it within ourselves to either walk away or to pivot to another thing that might better align with our goals and our dreams. But I, I wanted to say that you know I think when all these pivots started it was for what felt like the worst of reasons at the time you know like 2019 again for me it was a year of many 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 pauses but bad things lead to good outcomes i think that's another thing that i've learned and and pivot even the word pivot has a negative connotation because it's a deviation it's a, a change in course but it's not always a bad thing. Sometimes it's it's a much-needed change in course to show you that you're not on the path that you should be on or you're not on the path that you want to be on. So I would say 2019, like had that thing not happened, I wouldn't be where I am today. And it's it's very interesting for you to have like such a direct correlation when it comes to stuff that happens in your life. But I think they're all important. I think, I think we all need to pivot. Um, and this goes back to what I said earlier about Sometimes pivots don't just happen to us. It's important for us to make them happen. Sometimes it's good for us to say, you know what? I want to try something different. Um, You know what? I want to do something that I had not thought about doing or engage in something that I thought I would absolutely hate, but maybe I won't, so... That's my story.
0: You touched on so many powerful, powerful points um, about making decisions not based on fear, but but based on what you want to run towards, not away from. Um, I cannot stress the importance of that particular um, thing, but but especially for international students, because that's you know what we're the people that we're trying to talk to. Um, I'd be interested in hearing your experience of like when you were pivoting. How did you deal with that? tension of like, there's always going to be that option that comes on the table of, should I go home? Like that question that always persists, especially when you pivot becomes louder because what does this place has to offer for me? Um, what are my other, my other, my other, options that I can pursue at home or on a third market? Um, how did you think about those things in light of you being, you kind of knowing that, okay, these, I might not be, you know, going straight as I thought, here in the U S. So what, what are my options and how did you think through that? Um, when you went home, especially in a very uncertain time and and condition?
1: That's a, that's a good question. Um, I think, and we've touched on this on some of our prior episodes, but I think it's embracing that dichotomy. I think that's one thing that I did because I was a very this or that kind of person. Um, you know, me, I mean, I was very vocal about wanting to move back, needing to move back. I've been saying it for so long. And I think there was a part of me that felt like a failure because I I didn't do the thing that I thought I should have done. And every time I was going back home and it felt a little less home, I was like, oh, my God, I'm a failure here, too. So I failed to make the U.S. my home. I failed to make Ethiopia my home. Like, where do I belong? but because I had so much time, um, and, and I tried to use my time wisely. So it was, it was a pause, but I was still kind of going. Um, I had a lot of conversations with people who were in similar route who've taken similar routes Mm -hmm. so people who had lived here for most of their lives and decided to move back or lived there for most of their lives stayed here for a little bit and moved back or people who were going back and forth and there was so much diversity in their experience and their intended path that I I think for me it was I allowed myself to feel whatever I told myself hey you Were somebody who said that you were going to move back when you graduated. That did not happen. That's okay. You stayed working in the US for five years. You didn't move back. That's okay. Here you are now trying to experience Ethiopia for honestly the first time as an adult. I felt like that was the first time that I had been there because I was on my own. I mean, I was with my family, of course, but I was an adult. I wasn't. Mm a teenager needing to check in with parents or it was on a short vacation where I knew that there was a time limit right because I literally bought a one-way ticket I knew that there was a chance that I would be staying there um and then I was telling myself hey this whole visa situation could not work out and I could be staying here and that's that's okay I I taught myself how to be excited at the options in front of me where before I felt overwhelmed um and I recognized how privileged I am. Uh, I think, you know, being in Ethiopia and, um, well, and again, I can't speak for all of Ethiopia because I lived, I live in the capital, despite what people might say about ASCO. It's still in the capital. It's not in the capital. It is in the capital. But, you know, seeing the capital, and, and like you said, it's a very interesting time in our country, Um politically, economically, there's a lot going on. Um, and you see a lot of people whose struggles are at the forefront of just their kind of whole identity. Um, and honestly, it was also so interesting um, for me to hear from my friends who have who didn't really travel like we did, people who kind of were born, raised there, and chose to stay there. I always felt that they had a little bit more clarity when it came to next steps because, you know, they were in one place. They didn't really have another benchmark to tie it to, but they're confused too. They don't have it figured out. They are toying with so many different ideas. So I think it's sometimes we think, oh, because we're international students, because we, we are on this time limit, because we have these like two different worlds that we're constantly needing to mix up. And um, we think that we're kind of taking on all of the burden, but but really, you know, we're a bunch of twenty somethings. I mean, you're a very late twenty something. Wow, um, one year I'm difference. A mi- I'm a middle twenty something. We're the same
0: age right now, just <laughs> so everybody knows.
1: I we are not. You are so cel- actually another milestone. You are celebrating <laughs> a birthday this week, this right? Week. You are turning forty
0: five. Forty four, but sure. <laughs> I would like to say. I
1: mean, it, I feel like once you've passed that twenty seven threshold is there really a difference between 27 45 75 like they're all in the same bucket but anyways i digress <laughs> happy birthday boo thank you <laughs>
0: wow took a um, lot of words for you to say that I
1: know. Oh, <laughs> um, but i think again uh, yeah that's what i was saying i think all 20 somethings are, are struggling to figure out who they are um, where they belong it's not it's not it's it can be unique in certain aspects to the international student but it's not. It's not a fight that we're doing on our own. So, I, I think the. Sh- I mean, I know I took the long answer route, but I think as the short an- as do. I always always do. But the short answer is, I. I think I. From a practical standpoint, I think I definitely equipped myself with as much information as I could. So when when this was happening, I made sure that I was consulting with independent lawyers um i tried to talk to as many people as i could i tried to get you know um as much commitment as i could from my employer because i was also expecting to get an email from them any day to say that says yo like we like you but not that much this a, <laughs> lot. This a lot um so I was I was trying to be very practical, you know. And when I was in Ethiopia, I was also trying to have conversations with like prospective employers. Nothing official, obviously, but I also had to prepare myself for like, hey, if it doesn't work out, I'm going to be here. And and being not just okay, but great with both. I was literally telling. I remember one friend asked me, like, when are you going back? And I was like, I don't know. And he said, he, like, this must be the most anxiety um like giving situation ever and I was like no because I'm I'm good with either outcome like whatever happens I'm gonna make sure that I'm gonna give it my whole self my best self and I'm gonna make the most of it so I just I learned to celebrate the uncertainty and I think that's that's how I navigated and that's how I think everybody should navigate it because I mean everything is uncertain I mean I think the only thing that we have control of is this moment. And even this moment, a lot could be, a lot can, you could collapse right now. And wow. Please don't,
0: please don't. <laughs> is I don't this another to... jab at my age? <laughs>
1: I mean, <laughs> I wasn't even thinking along those lines, but I love it. I'm just looking out for you.
0: <laughs> sure you are. <laughs> um, but that's great. Like I've noticed that in our, and I know we've only done a few episodes, but from episode to episode, our kind of tone has changed from it being like you know this is a really confusing time we're still trying to figure stuff out and it's okay we're gonna be okay yeah. to like and it's it partly comes with maturity and having to deal with so many smaller pivots that we have to do um, on the daily or you know whatever amount of time that you have to kind of choose different paths other than your thought of strategy but it's also another point to say when we when we're reaching a certain point in our careers and our educations our optionality just kind of like. Expands, yeah. and so the level of like risk taking and the level of like assurance that we have in ourselves grows by that much. And so, whatever uncertainty that's placed in front of us, we can we can pivot and still be fine. Yeah. Um, and I think there's something to be said about um, kind of the focus that you have on the bigger picture and the bigger goal that you want to achieve. And so if you know 100% that you're going to be a CEO of some tech company in the US, then that's a bigger goal that you have in your mind. And so whatever pivot that you're forced to have, I feel like midway, um, you can still kind of focus and keep your eye on the ball. I think that's a bigger message that I'm kind mm-hmm. of getting. Like, yeah. I know that in, in my bigger goal of things, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to start a business at some point in Ethiopia. And so the way that I've been and it it made me think back on like my first year as an MBA student versus now where I did an internship in a specific field that I thought I was going to be interested in I was still very interested in it it was great but I came out of it thinking okay you know what this doesn't fit with my overall bigger strategy and so I'm going to have to pivot and go a different route to explore what this other you know career opportunity has to offer and that's part of the result of having done an mba or being in an mba program that kind of the perks that come with it is the optionality but kind of using that opportunity to say okay i have a, a choice to make now my bigger goal is to be an entrepreneur okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go the consulting route and learn how to solve different problems um and take my skills and put them to a better bigger use somewhere else um after I worked for a very long time for the said consulting firm, of course. Um, So it is, it's, it's kind of interesting to see like how we're progressing in our careers and in our education and how that's giving us a lot more optionality and sort of like a sense of confidence Mm -hmm. as we're going through life um, and figuring out our next steps. So it's, it's very important um, to pay attention, attention to how, how we're also pivoting in our daily lives to give us our sense of groundedness in that sense.
1: Yeah, no, that's so true. I, I think it's, don't give your dreams um, distinct faces. I think let your dreams just be dreams and just know that they might have different faces. They could take different courses. Um, I think kind of keeping them as broad, like what you said now, you want to be an entrepreneur, open a business in Ethiopia. That's that's. I think that's specific enough to give you a sense of direction, but it's also broad enough that you can go about it in so many different ways. You know what I mean? I think think that's so important. One thing I want to ask you before we close it off, because... After, you know, your your big year of pivots and pauses, which is 2017, I feel like you've had so many different pivots, right, where your life was taking so many different courses because you were doing the different things, and then you started grad school, and then, you know, you had your summers, and and now you're kind of, you know, winding down. You're about to graduate. You're about to get into the the stable, routine-esque life. More or less. How are you preparing yourself for a life of at least smaller external pivots because I feel like when you were talking about having confidence, I mean, not to compliment you because I don't like doing that a whole lot. Oh, wow. Don't choke on this podcast. I know. I know. know, I'm really trying. But, you know, when you were talking about um, your 2017 and we don't have to get into the details, you were somebody that I, I saw, like, life was throwing a lot of hurdles at you and you were just killing it. You were killing it and... I know that it definitely gave me confidence in myself because I was telling myself, you know what, what would JJ, well, you know, what would Meti do in this position? And I know I was armed with a bigger sense of confidence because of seeing you. I think, are you, now that, you know, you've tested yourself, you know that you've got this, do you have that confidence in yourself as you get into this life of more stable, less external pivots, more routine-esque lives?
0: Ooh, that's a, a loaded question, I but I only heard the compliment. So I think you're going to have to ask me that question I'm gonna again. I'm going to edit these
1: podcasts, right? I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm just going
0: to wipe that
1: out. Wow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll put that in the comments. But anyways, um, I think the biggest part of getting that sense of confidence comes from the sense of competence Mm. um and Matthew Hussey says this all the time shout out to Matthew Hussey um we
1: go we gonna need to make a hashtag out of that yes
0: um and he'll sponsor us hopefully at some point love you um (laughs) but it is um having had those hurdles and kind of jumping through them and seeing because when they do happen in the moment I do have a sense of anxiety and like maybe a little bit of hopelessness of like oh wow I can't believe this happened like Mm -hmm. what the hell am I going to do now and then seeing myself just kind of like step by step figure it out and doing that over and over and over again even after I got to business school and knowing that I'm kind of a little behind but you know I got to do what I got to do to like deal and make sure that I come out on top so having when you do that many many times over you kind of recognize the patterns of behavior that you have and how you can just kind of battle through certain things that you don't necessarily know the terrains for. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that gave me the sense of confidence that I was looking for. That's why if it's, you know, if you're currently in life where you're just not feeling the most, you know, the hottest about yourself, I think the best option is to just go out there, do it, fail or succeed, whatever it is, just kind of figuring it out what your rhythm is and knowing what you're good at and what you're not good at, I think is, is the way to go. Um, honestly for the routine, it, it, it's, it's so funny how like having gone through such like I would hesitate to call it chaotic but like really uncertain couple of years Mm -hmm. um where I just kind of have to constantly make choices I realize like that's what I'm really good at yeah I'm really good at pivoting really um but when now it comes to the routine life I'm kind of scared that what what does that mean for me like am am I used to the routine life am I good am I going to be good at the routine life Mm -hmm. um that's what makes me a little bit uncertain um but it's it, it you know what I figured out what was thrown at me so far. I think I can figure that out too. Like yeah. everything is figure outable. Like that's kind of the motto I'm going um, through with. And it, it just gives me a sense of like letting go of like all of my imperfections. Um, and honestly, what business school, if anything, it has taught me is that people are on different stages of life, different stages of skills. You just have to like forgive yourself for whatever mess up that you have and just go to the next thing. Um, yeah. Cause it just doesn't help to harp on the things that you didn't succeed at. Um, and just keep it going.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think you will do a good job of introducing needed pivots in your day-to-day so that you are in line with your passion, the stuff that excites you, because I think, you know, again, I joke about age, but now that we are in our middle 20s, I guess, <laughs> um, you you start to be, I think, more reflective than anything else. I, I would have to say that this has been the most reflective I have been, and I don't want to... To sound like it's an intensive or even active process, a lot of it is passive. You really think about your motivators. And sometimes, I know we were having this conversation um, a, f- a few days ago, but you don't always know what motivates you. Um, sometimes there are things that truly motivate you that are hidden in this like embedded umbrella of our fears. And you really have to kind of dig deep to say, hey, I didn't even realize this, but this is what's important to me. This is what matters. And, you know, getting to know yourself, um, having, a, a re- having a community to tap into. You can't always tap into people because um, people can't give you everything because people need to do that for themselves. So I think, you know, you need to be your primary source of um, reflection. But I think also having an army or a community around you that you can go to to say, hey, I need help. Um, I'm struggling with such and such because I feel like there are inputs that you'll get that'll help you. But again, they can't be the end all be all. Um, pausing. Um, I'm, I mean, I've always been big on pausing in the sense that I try to like have days where I binge on Netflix. Okay, I'm kidding. That's every day. <laughs> but... I I know compared to you especially, I'm very big on just, like, relaxing, not having, like, a to-do list for every day. I think that's where you struggle because you're just, like, you wake up and you're go, 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 go. Um, But pausing from a purposeful standpoint, like, not being lazy or not being still, but more kind of realigning your priorities, maybe taking certain things uh, away from things that no longer are a priority in your life. I know that was another thing that I struggled with because I was a an overcommitter, like I'd be like you know what I'm do this I'll be in charge of this I'll be in charge of that I'll help out with this where this year I really took I like listed down all the the projects or initiatives or organizations that I said I was going to be a part of and do and I was like you know what there are these things that matter to me that I haven't been giving my 100% to and for that to happen I'm going to take stuff away from stuff that I no longer feel like aligns with my broader goals so It's. I mean, it's work, like everything, but I think it's good work because it's work that will take you further and take you deeper, I think. Because it's no longer just about living. I think it's kind of living fully, right? It's not just the... Width or the breadth, or what the other way around. I'm just trying to say something fancy, but I don't think I understood either one of those <laughs> concepts. But
0: no, you're absolutely right, especially that reflection piece. And, and, and I can't stress this enough of like having some sort of a catalog where you keep track of what matters, what's the priority, like, even though I kind of, when you write it down, it kind of feels weird, like, when I, I remember when I started, like, writing about, like, okay, what really matters, especially for my summer, I had to make, like, a, after I did my summer internship, I did, um, like, a 10, a set of 10 things that I thought mattered for my next job right out of grad school, Mm -hmm. um, and I had to do a ranking Um, between like one and 10 and like really think about, okay, how much do I value like work-life balance for now, for the next few years, as I'm like unattached, like not lots of responsibilities or like how much do I think about traveling and like lifestyle Um, or having a ton of mentors, like when I'm thinking about joining a startup versus joining a bigger company. And so I had to like do sit down and do a lot of reflections as similar way as you write down your priorities and say, okay, you know what, these things are, number 10 for me like they score 10 out of 10 every single time Mm -hmm. um and so it helped me kind of boil down the three things that I wanted and it's so interesting that you know sometimes pivot points are strategic but But a lot of the times they're not as strategic as we want them to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And so before there's a way to kind of like hedge against um, having to decide in the moment by like knowing your priorities, knowing what really matters, because when that pivot point comes, then you can go on your mental shortlist and be like, okay, I care about learning. um, I care about compensation and I care about family. These three things are checked off. I'm good to go. And the rest of it is just noise. Um, so there's there's a way to kind of prep for the unpredictable pivot points um, yeah. by doing the hard reflective work beforehand. I think that's our biggest takeaway, I think, from this episode is, is doing the hard work uh, before it actually has to, to be done.
1: Yeah, that and you're about to be 45. I'm about to be 27. <laughs> Holler.
0: I'm excited.
1: Happy early birthday. Thank you. Um, Appreciate it. Well, this was a great conversation. A good, it's a great way for us to catch up, too, which I love For always. sure. Happy 2020. Um, happy tw- Yeah, and I'm glad that we did this topic. That was our first topic of 2020, just because, I don't know, I, I've never been big on New Year's resolutions, per se, but this year I think I was just so cognizant of time and how... Time is a so time is a construct, right? Like it's not a it's not a thing that you can touch. it's It's something that we've kind of all agreed to use to navigate our day to day. But I think it's also an important vehicle for us to be introspective and to be reflective because, like, every time you hit a new age tag or every time it's a new year, every time it's even a Monday, I feel like your energy is different, right, okay. because it's like a start of something, and I think we do better when we have kind of defined points to use as a, a comparison point. So I'm glad we did this. Um, thank you all for tuning in. We really appreciate the support. Follow us on social media and Jargar Podcast. And reach out to let us know what you want us to talk about. Um, Definitely tune into the conversation. Hashtag tweet at us.
0: Rate us. Yes. And say nice things, please. Please. You know who you are. Yeah. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Whoa.
1: (laughs) And if it's mean... Just send it to us. Send it to JJ, okay? Oh, wow. I can put down her email. First of all, who's (laughs) JJ? Oh, right, right. Sorry, sorry. I'll do better. Hey, (laughs) I I said Meti three times, but this is Sanini.
0: This is Meti. And we are out.